welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. And we're live, and I'm alone this week. I have, I have no one. Usually the not-so-secret wife is sitting right there next to me, and she's in Texas. Um, I'm probably going to repeat myself about that because here's the deal with that is that my wife usually helps me read all of the questions. And since she's not here, I can't, I, I might skip some on accident and I apologize for that. Um, so while I'm waiting to get into this, uh, let's do, let's do this. Um, what is, what is working for you this week in, in your first week back at school, whether that's meetings or maybe you still have off like I do. I still have off like two or three more weeks. Um, there's a night's of secret wife is watching me. Um, hello, love. So they, I'm wondering what is working for you going back and what is not working for you. I feel like there's always a surprise in the beginning of the year. Like they moved your room or you got some new technology or you didn't get the technology that you were waiting for. So what has like been a surprise so far to you and um, this video is, uh, we've been teaming up, let me see this, all the YouTube teachers are talking about this. We're teaming up with um, Teachers Connect, which is an online platform that allows teachers to just ask other educators uh, questions about classroom, about curriculum, about um, you know what color you think you should paint your room, or I feel like I use that example a lot, but I think it's an important example. Um, what to do with kids when you're not sure what to do with them, what to do, like what kinds of flexible seating are available for people that do not have a lot of money. So you go on Teachers Connect, it's completely free. You sign in and then you get a, you can follow different folks. There's like, I'm on there, Darren Nakahara's on there, Too Cool for Middle School's on there, um, Smarty Style, a bunch of other people. Uh, and so, yeah, it's worth checking out and seeing if you like it. And then, like I said, it's free and you can just log on and ask all the questions that you want. It's really kind of like nice, safe place to be able to do that. Um, what else am I thinking of? There are people sleeping over this evening. While my wife is out of town, my son has people over. Could get loud out of nowhere. Not really sure. Um, and like I said, now that there are more people on, my wife is not here this week. And so I don't have anyone to read questions to me. So I'm going to try and do two things at once, which is not my, my strong suit. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Uh, Johnny, what's up from Los Angeles? I love Los Angeles. Uh, the barista teacher I see. Uh, Chloe's message got retracted. I don't know if that was her or if it was somebody else. What's up, Kate the Sleepy Teacher? Um, I'll be seeing Kate in October. I'll be out in San Diego for uh, for. I almost said a festival for a thing, conference out there. Um, Amanda Teaches is on here, I see. Matthew, this is Matthew, from Columbia. Quick question for Matthew. Matthew, what time is it in Columbia? I'm always interested in this, if you could put that in there real quick. Uh, with the new principal, we have so many new policies. This has been a challenging year already, right? So th thank you so much for saying that, uh, Monica. My opening question is this. This is what I would like to know. And I'm going to try and read through these if I can. Um, what is been your, let's say your greatest, I don't know if I want to, say, let's either do like, what's your greatest challenge going back this year to school? Or um, what has been the best, the biggest surprise, good or bad, right? Like maybe you got, 
you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting a nice, sweet Promethean board in my room this year. Never had technology in my room. Never had a smart board. The most technology we have is a light switch, um, which I have three of them, which is a pretty sweet deal. But uh, I've never had to teach with tech or never gotten the opportunity. So I'm stoked to have that. But might get back on the first day of school. Maybe that thing's not in there because, you know, you dream on a budget in uh, when we teach in the inner city sometimes. So, um, so that's what I'm wondering. Uh, Karen Howard from California. Uh, Chris Lynn. Hi, Reynolds. I've been watching you for a long time. I'm going into my fourth year as an English teacher. Fourth year is a sweet spot. Chris, thanks for watching, first of all. But um, I remember fourth year feeling like I kind of knew something, right? Like I was going into it knowing something. Uh, sweet Sloth. I'm saying, hey, Ron's Colorado second year teacher. Awesome, man. Love Colorado. I was just at University of Colorado uh, a few months ago. Um, starting at a charter school. I love it, but it's challenging, says barista teacher. Um, yeah, charters are kind of funny. Um, like, you might get into a really good one. Like, I, I'm at a charter school, and I like the one that I'm at, but I, I know a lot of other people that, like, it's not their jam. Um Matthew was saying it's 4.04 in Columbia. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Mel M is saying hi from Vegas. I'm going completely out of order, too, because like I said, my wife's not here. Uh, Mel C is saying what's up from, from Vegas. Hey, if people have questions, too, like go ahead and start dropping them in there, and I'd love to answer your questions. I feel like this is a high questioning time of the year because you're like, you know, just not sure what's going on in the classroom. And what's going on in school and like you thought it was going to be one way and it's being another. Um, so let's figure that out. Megan Martin from Northeast Philly. What? I used to hang out in Northeast Philly um, near like Fox Chase Cancer Center. Um, my aunt and uncle had a place up there and I loved it. When you grow up in Jersey, there's like one other dude that was my age on my block. And so we would play baseball with invisible players. And then when I would go to Northeast Philly, there were so many kids. You could have like full football teams on from each side of the block and it was awesome um eh is canadian hey from canadian teacher in china that is awesome um what are you teaching in china i'd love to see that if i can get back to it um hi from georgia slash florida do you live actually do you live on the border of georgia and florida and kimberly wallback hey reynolds did you have fun with the letter classroom of pocket full primary i did yo so let, let's tell that story real quick because um because nobody vlogged it and that was part of the reasoning behind it but there's gonna we're gonna do something together i believe um in the next bit of time right so because we had a lot of fun so i sent i have both pocketful primaries and um because nobody has a real name right it's like you know god forbid i call her michelle so i hit up pocketful of primary and lettered classroom and i'm like yo you guys just went to miami together and like a lot of other people, you're just not sure how everyone gets along, right? Especially it's like two biggest YouTubers, what's going on there. Um, and I know both of them and they're very, very sweet. And I, I did a video with Lettered last July or something like that. And her husband came and her two kids, everyone was really great. Her kids were really nice to hang out with and stuff and fun. And we just really got along. But then, you know, life gets, life keeps moving. And so I was also supposed to hang out with Pocketful primary last summer and just like get coffee or something like that. So I finally saw that those two hung out. I was like, well, like we kind of live like in a triangle. I'm in Philly. Um, 
primaries like down in like Maryland, Baltimore area. And then, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, letter classroom is like somewhere in like Western Pennsylvania. So we just kind of all drove down to Baltimore, took about an hour to get together and we just had lunch together and it was super fun. Like hearing what do people think about in, um, in their teaching world? How does YouTube work for you? Like what has worked, what hasn't worked, like trading notes on things and sharing stories and talking about like people that are watching your channel and the emails that you get and the comments that you get and like how you started, why you started. So this is, it was really eye-opening to me and really fun. And it just, you know, it just continued to show me that like, you know, I doing YouTube is something that you don't think you're going to impact a lot of people. I mean, that's your hope, right? Like you start a channel and you want to help people, but like, once you start a channel and you're actually like people are watching and people are sending you some of the emails that we get, we're like, you know, someone really cares about your opinion. Someone really cares about like what you think about something. It is, you know, it's, it's a lot like teaching, like you, you as teachers, you know, that you don't always, um, and I'm saying this, not like I'm pointing fingers, but I know I'm the same way. You just don't know the impact that you're going to have, right? Like you teach, and then you'll see some kid five years later while you're walking in the mall in sweatpants because you just ran in to get something real quick and you weren't thinking about what you had on. And they're like, dude, you're the greatest teacher that I ever had. Or like, I remember this one time I had a really shitty day and like you made me feel better. That stuff blows your mind because you want to go into teaching for that, but you just don't know you're going to have that impact. And largely YouTube has been the same way, but without annoying kids. Uh, my wife is texting me to answer questions, so I'm going to go into it. So there will be, um, we're talking about it now, like a pocketful primary letter classroom Reynolds kind of like um, thing at some point, but I'm not sure what that's going to look like. And so let's jump into questions because my wife's yelling at me through text messages. Um, let's see. Sorry. Usually my wife just hands me the phone and it has everyone's questions on it. And then I know exactly what to do. Um, this is probably also the reason I have not been cooking dinner a lot tonight. What's up? Nebraska, Oklahoma. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find questions. Um, hey, CJ, are you excited to go back? I am excited to go back. Um, this is Moore? Chiani? I think I got that right. I'm going to pretend that I got that right because, um, you know, can't get names right. Um, I am excited to go back. Uh this year, I was so stoked for last year and it didn't work out. And then this year, and I've talked about that at nauseam at this point, but like this year I am going my, I just want to help. I want to show up like I'm ready to help people, teachers, students, like have the best year that they can be. Like, what can I do to make this a special year? Even if it's not directly helping someone, but like just creating like, um, space where there's fun, where there's someone happy to be around, where um, I'm interested in other people, I'm interested in what's going on in their lives. And so I just think that that breeds an air and um, creates like a, a space where people are excited to be there. And that, that's, that's my hope this year is that I don't need to be like the savior or I don't need to, to change anyone. I'm just going to try and like be the best version of myself so that that hopefully helps those around me like to have a good year. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, Kaylin Green is saying, my greatest challenge as a student is making up for a bad year last year to my teachers I have again this year. So I would say this, Ms. Green, 
Um, Kaylin, I would email your teachers, tell them that you're ready to do that and tell them before school goes back, even if it's real short, Hey, you know, last year is what it is. I'm like revived. And this is how I'm feeling this year. And here's a couple of things that you can know about me. Like, this is the best way I study. This is the best way that I test. This is the best place that I like would help me to sit in your classroom. Um, and I guarantee you, most teachers have never gotten an email like that in their lives. So that would be really, really helpful to people. Uh, other questions. Hold on. I'm trying, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to try and get through as many of these as I can. I realize I'm mumbling and realize that I love my wife. Um, so Jillian Tobin is saying hello from Detroit. I'm going into my first, into my first year teaching. I start in two weeks. Your videos are helping me so much. I'm very, thank, you're welcome. I'm glad that they're, they're helping you a lot. Um, if you need anything in particular, you can email me uh, at realrapwiththereynolds at gmail.com and I'll help you out. Um, hi, I'm finishing my Florida teaching license in bio 6 through 12, but just moved to Texas. Um, middle spouse? Because of your spouse? Um, what can I do to enhance my resume before moving back to Florida in December? Um, that's a good question. So here's my new, maybe this helps, maybe this doesn't help you at all, but I'm going to tell you my new idea anyway. Um, I heard this term, I was watching like somebody recently, I think it was this guy, Jesse Itzler, who I've been, been reading up on. Um, and he has this idea of the life resume, right? Instead of just thinking, trying, because when you think of your business resume, right, you're thinking about how you can get into the brain of the people that are going to potentially hire you. And like, what would look good? Like, is it your master's? Is it, you know, volunteering somewhere? But I, I have found that I do not have a master's. I, for all of you that do not know, um, I did not go right to college because I worked as a gas attendant um, and that job was too enticing to me. So I was waiting for my buddy to go to college. So we skipped a year. I went to community college for a long time. Then my mom got sick and I wasn't sure what to do. And so then I ended up going to a four-year school after that. Um, didn't do well in my SATs. Was not a strong student in high school. Do not have my master's. But here's what I do have. I have a lot of life experiences that I think, if you do it right, they translate into the classroom. Like So like I've taught in Africa. Um, I've traveled all around the world. I've had a lot of exciting experiences. I've volunteered a lot of cool places. I've met a lot of cool people. And I think that students are drawn to that sort of thing. So talking to my students about living in Africa, about traveling around in you know Puerto Rico or driving across the country by myself, like those things, um, what that does is like when I think about um, Of Mice and Men or anything by John Steinbeck, like I think about the times I've driven across the country and what that meant to me and like what and seeing those places like that they talk about in the books has just really, really helped me. So I'd say professionally thinking about your resume, I'm not particularly sure because that's going to depend on the school you go to, but what can you do to enhance yourself to make yourself better um, or more interesting so that when you go back in the classroom, you I think that stuff empowers you. I think it makes you feel like, like a boss and then you've done like cool stuff. Um, Kimberly Wallback is saying, was told that I was no longer going to be substituting, but no longer... Uh, I was told I was going to be substituting, but no longer any tips on finding a new job. Um, Kim, I would say, so it depends on where you live, but the, I'm doing a conference with this company called EdJoin in California. And I think they, I think they exist in other places too. We don't have it in Jersey or Philly. And 
apparently that's where all teachers go to look for it. It's just E-D uh, and then J-O-I-N, Ed Join. And that's a good place to look for a job. Other than that, I think knowing people, like calling people up that you knew or that you know that they teach at a really great place, like reaching out to other teachers you've met at conferences, that I think knowing people always gets your foot in the door. But then also for me, it's always going to schools that nobody else wants to teach at. Like when I got my job in Camden, I'm pretty sure that there wasn't a lot of other um, competition there. And there have been times at my school in West Philly where there's like, you really, it's a hard time finding someone. Like you really can't find someone um, for any number of reasons because you can't afford to pay someone. Like somebody wants to work there, but they can't work for that, you know, little money or they um, can't like, there's just like not someone that's a perfect fit for the job. So I think reaching out to schools like that, teaching, let's go this way. Teaching in like um, inner city is often looked down on, but that doesn't mean it's a bad school. I teach at a great school in West Philadelphia and like people think I just teach in the straight hood, but like um, it's a really wonderful place within the midst of, of all that. Uh, let's see, questions. Um, first year teaching tips. Jillian Tobin, I have a lot. I have, I've made like several videos. If you look at my, and I'll, I'll give you a couple anyway, but like I have like surviving, I have a playlist that's like surviving your first year teaching or something like that. And then I made another video with uh, the lettered classroom last July. And that was awesome. It's like how to get through your first year, how to get through student teaching. Like it's a lot of that kind of information. Um, I'd say one, don't wait to smile. I hate that rule. It's like, a, it's, I, there's very few things that like I am adamantly against that like people say, because I, I think whatever works for you really is what helps. But that is one of those ones. It's like, no man, like have fun from, from the jump. And I, so like smile. And I'd say also have fun. Like the job is hard. The job is difficult. And there's no way around that all the time. But if you can make sure that you're having fun, then it just makes the job a better place. Like it's somewhere you want to be. It's something you want to be doing. It's something you're excited about every day. And so just expect the craziness and try and figure out a way to just have fun anyway. And it's a couple of ways to do that are by surrounding yourself with people that are interesting, asking your students what they're interested in, and then teaching your lesson through that lens. Um, and then being, thinking about, what would you want this class to look like if you were a student in this class? And not you now, right? Because you now might like literature a lot. And the kids are like, dude, if you try and make me read like Canterbury Tales, I'm going to like jump through the wall and run out of the building. Um, but try and think about like 15, 14, 15, 18 year old you like, what would a class be? What would crushed if you were in that class? And that's a really good lens to look at it through um and and ask for help i think that's the other thing shoot emails to any of these teachers that are on here or any of the teachers on youtube um i assume they all answer their email i don't really know but you can shoot me an email um and ask those questions of things that you're nervous about without thinking about the fact that someone's too busy like don't let let them they'll tell you if they're busy or not or they just want to answer your email um Sweet Sloth is asking, what are you looking forward to this year? What's going to be your focus for improving your teacher self? So teacher self this year is, first of all, I'm looking, I'm always looking forward to my room, my room. I have some fun upgrades that I'm looking forward to, to like 
because I just now realize like I'm being in this room for a long time is what I'm thinking. And so I just like doing the upgrades. There's some funny stuff. Like there's one, it's too, so stupid. Um, I want to attach a spider to my ceiling that I can lower with fishing string and scare kids with for no reason. Um, I have a briefcase that I bought last year that has a light inside of it. They can plug it in. You can open it up and it looks like the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Um, I'm going to set that up somewhere. I want to, I'm getting a Promethean board in my room, which is essentially like a gigantic touch of, it's like having a tablet on your wall. And I'm stoked for that. Uh, cause I, there's a, I went to the ISTE conference in Chicago and found out all kinds of cool things you can do on that. Um, and then here's my other fun. I have a couple of other like fun, like just decor upgrades I'm doing, but I'm going to try and wrap my room in whiteboards. One of the ideas I've been reading about with, especially with teaching, um, young people like, like teenagers is having them up and add a board, right? So the key thing about this, you give kids a math problem and they're working at their desk. It's hard to move around and see what everyone's doing and they can see one another so they can screw around and stuff. But everyone, if everyone's standing at a board, right. And they're writing at the board, you can see everything they're doing. You can see who's working and who's not. You can, they are not looking at one another. Maybe they're standing next to someone. Um, but they don't, they're not an eye shot of everyone in the room. And you can just kind of stand back and see what's going on and survey the classroom better. And that I'm looking forward to doing. That's a new trick I'm going to work out this year. And then I'm just going nuts this year. I'm going to try and have as many people as I can. I have some really great street artists coming in this year. Um, and I'm looking forward to like going on some, a few new trips this year too. And really like reaching out to people that I'm not sure will ever answer me to go on a class trip, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, see if I can go see Gary Vee again. That would be fun. I'm working on that now, actually. Uh, the barista teacher is saying, should I make copies of meet the teacher letter to send home with my syllabus? Um, I know it's a weird question, but new school and I'm terrified. I think, um, so I would say this. I like, I, I would do it. I would say yes. And so I'm thinking about um, what do I enjoy as a parent? I don't know that I've ever gotten to meet the teacher letter from any of my kids' teachers. Um, and so so I think I would enjoy that. But maybe you can – maybe I'm just thinking about like if you've ever seen my syllabus on any of my videos, I have a one-page syllabus – like a one page kind of meet the teacher thing could be fun like that too, where like they get to know little bits about you. It's not another form going home with a long letter on it, um, but something kind of fun to look at. Or if you had something like uh, on a school website or something like that, one of my ideas for this year also is I'm going to make a video for back to school night of like, here's kind of like the greatest hits of the last however many years that I've been at the school that I'm at now. And so instead of me just getting up and talking, It'll be set to music and I don't, I don't have to worry about copyright. So I can use whatever music I want. Um, and just showing like students in my class having fun. I don't have to worry about faces. I don't have to worry about um, permission from parents like I do for YouTube, but like a fun little video. And you could do that for your class also for back to school night. Even if you just make um, like a quick PowerPoint of like people's pictures and stuff like that and, and things that you've done in the past. It's super easy. Uh, so Maris 13, the strange, I, I don't, that, 
that's just a tough one. I can't say that one. Uh, is asking, hi, the worst surprise I got is that my new science department doesn't get any funds because it's not a heavily tested subject. Go figure. Um, everything goes to math and ELA. Any tips on how to get materials from Texas? I would say I would write to companies. Just here's what I would do. I would write to companies um, or DM them and like go on and find whatever company that you think is interesting and then DM them and tell them what your situation is. When I used to work for Home Depot uh, in college, I found out later that um, the sorry, my wife is texting me again. Um, Kate, I'm not sure what to do with that situation. Um, maybe Jen, I can figure it out. Jen, I, Kate said someone's spamming. I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, um, Home Depot has a fund set aside to help you raise, like to give money away. They have like a certain amount of money that they're supposed to give away every year. So company, a lot of companies have that. So I would just ask them and say, hey, here's where I teach. This is my situation. This is the situation or like this is what it looks like. Um, would you be willing to donate any materials to my classroom? Because I don't have anything for this year. And so see if that works. And uh, or do this also. I forget what that name was. It was the uh, Marie. Marie, shoot me an email at real rap with the Reynolds. It's the old name. Real rap with the Reynolds at gmail.com. And I'm going to reach out to uh, my friend Cho, who's the science department head of my school and see if she knows anywhere that you can get stuff from. So shoot me that email and I'll get that right to you. Um, my wife is saying there's a lot of really great questions. Uh, wife, if you see someone with a great question, could you just uh, like shoot me a text real quick? Let me know what name to look for. Ella Jane is saying, I started the biggest loser competition at my school. 30 people signed up. We have teams and it goes for 12 weeks. Anybody have an idea for healthy lunches to take to school? I get those uh, like three for $9 salads at, uh, at Wegmans. That's it's Wegmans here in Jersey, but, um, and that they're awesome. Um, wife, I need help. Cause I don't know what, Oh, here we go. The magical Monica is asking cell phones are a huge concern at my school. A lot of teachers are using the calculator shoe rack as a place to place their cell phones. What's your suggestion on eliminating the distraction of students with phones? First of all, I don't let anyone have a phone on in my classroom ever, unless I give you permission. If I see it out, I do not make a big deal out of it. I should make a video about this. I don't make a big deal out of it. I don't say like, did I see your cell phone? Give me your cell phone right now. And you turn into like Lego Batman all of a sudden or something. Um, just say, yo, put it away. And then I don't want to see it again. If I see it again, then they know, like if I see it again, I take it and I hold it in my desk until the end of the period, right? If it happens multiple times, I either lock it up till the end of the day um, or I give it to like one of the security guards at our school because then because sometimes I leave like right, I have to get out of the building immediately because I have to pick up my kids. So if they have practice or if like they can't get to me right away, it's there. What I'm not trying to do is like punish someone. I would never hold it overnight. Like kids need to get home. They need to be safe. Their parents might need to reach out to them. But nobody ever in the last, not even 13 years, because um, cell phones haven't been that big of a deal then. But like since cell phones became something that pretty much everyone had, I've never, ever had a kid that whose parents like couldn't reach them because they didn't have their cell phone in school. Like, you know, it's usually just them texting their friends during the day. Um, and if they do need it, like 
uh, I'll, I will even let them text their parents and say, hey, I got my, like, after class, come see me real quick. Text your mom, tell her that your phone got confiscated. If she needs anything, she can hit me up or just hit you up at the school, right? Um, but I went to uh, Harbor Freight, which is like a, it's like a, it's like a really cheap version of Home Depot. And they have these long strips with tons of plugs. I let kids plug their phones into my room and they're on a shelf. It's like at your own peril. So like, I'm not responsible if someone like touches your phone or takes it or whatever. Um, but usually th that's never happened anyway, but they're there and they're plugged in. But if you plug it in, you can't touch it again. Don't go over and check the time. Don't go over and check a text. Don't go over and check something from a teacher. I don't want to hear what it is. That's it. And I, I don't ever have problems with that. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for question marks. That's um, uh, so Hannah Peterson is saying, Hannah, are you the one that I emailed? Hello, I'm recently subscribed because I'm panicking. I'm starting senior year tomorrow and I'm so scared. Do not be scared. Let me tell you this. Um, you undoubtedly, if you write a, here's what you should do, Hannah, write yourself a letter tonight, put it away in your sock drawer or something, someplace where you're not going to look at it again. And then in a year, I want you to take it out and read it, write down all the things that you're nervous about, all the things that you're scared about, all the things that could go wrong, right? Um, there is a technique called fear setting. And what you do is like write down the worst possible thing that could happen. And at the end of the year, I guarantee you that it doesn't get to that place and that you'll look back and you'll realize that the things you were worried about never even came true. Like most of the things you were so scared about never came true. And it's a really good way to remind yourself the next time you get really scared that like most of the things we're, we're the most concerned about never actually happen. So I, that's what I would do. Um, and yeah, it'll be great. It's senior year. It's going to be awesome. You're going to look back on this and it'll be a great time in your life. Maybe. I mean, my senior year was great. Uh, let's see. Thanks Kate for doing that. I see what you're talking about there. Abigail is saying, Hi, I'm teaching ninth and 10th grade world literature, 10th grade English and U.S. American history and seventh grade American history. How do I keep from burning out? Whew. First of all, let's uh, let's take a moment and just so in case you feel because sometimes schools will give you schedules like that and they look at you like you're crazy because you think it's crazy. You're not crazy. That's a crazy schedule. That's an that's an enormous amount of things to plan. Here's what I would do. I would one, steal things. My wife doesn't like that I use the word steal, but um, do not recreate the wheel. Look for curriculum online. Ask other teachers what they do. Like try and get as much stuff that's already been worked out so that you can use it on the front end. When looking for things online, I do two things. One, I always write DOC after anything I'm looking for. So like seventh grade American history curriculum, DOC means you're going to get a doc. I know that sounds simple to a lot of you. I did not know this and I had no idea that this was an actual thing, but then you get a document that you can um, change things on, not on like a PDF where like you can't always change those or like figure out a way around it. What is the dog doing? He sounds like a humpback whale over there. And he has bone under the couch. Well, guess what, buddy? My mom's not here this week, so I'm going to have to wait. Um, I also would do, uh, look, I put great in front of anything like, great lesson plans for this. Look up unit plans, look up curriculum maps. All those things will give you like really good stuff that you can, that you can look up. 
Um, I think also I would do, uh, I would look at, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, don't recreate the wheel. Oh, see if there's anything in those classes that you can overlap. Like maybe something you're teaching for one class and one grade level is something you could teach in another class and another grade level, right? Like, you know, um, so even when I taught like ninth and 10th grade literature last year, like I tried to overlap some of my lessons. So I wasn't creating two completely different things all the time because that can burn you out. So I was teaching ninth grade literature, 10th grade literature, and then art, uh, the history of hip hop last year. And that's a lot of different stuff, those three things. And you're doing more than that. So that's what I would do. And then maybe even um, hit up my girl Too Cool for Middle School uh, on YouTube and see if she has anything she could like push you towards since she teaches, um, she teaches history and English, but that history component might be able to help you out. Um, let's see, my wife is texting me questions. So uh, next question is Burnhouse. L. Burnhouse is saying, what do you do when you feel like other teachers or administrators don't like you? Oh, wife is sending me that. Um, gosh, that's such a good question. Because, you know, isn't it, isn't it something when you want to be the best teacher, right? You show up. You are ready to give it your all. You come in in the right spirit. You're even dressed like you care. Because we know we know some people don't dress like they actually care, right? You just go to Walmart. Um, and so you are, you're ready to go. Your room is on point. You even went the extra mile and put crazy stuff in your room. Your All your worksheets look amazing and they're like like designed well. Your plans are well thought out. Your PowerPoints are, are amazing. And then somebody doesn't like you. Somebody doesn't like you because you don't have as good as stuff. Someone like, or they don't have as good a stuff of you as you, or they didn't have the time to decorate the room like you, or they didn't like, you know, you, the kids are more, are gravitating more to you than they, and they used to be the cool teacher, but now how come you're not the cool, like, how come you get to be the cool teacher now? And I have dealt with this enough times that, you know, I think the way that I deal with it is that you surround yourself with people that do care. Right. It's it's one thing to say, don't worry about those other people. Don't worry about what other people think. But we all know we think we care what people think. Right. It's like it's a it's a thing you have to to get over. But I think the way you get over it is by surrounding yourself with really good people that care. They're going to help you. And don't just surround yourself with those people and then shit talk everyone else because that you're creating the wrong. I'm going to say you're creating the wrong type of energy. Sounds like I'm from Southern California with, you know. And it's a little woo-woo, but like surround yourself with those folks. Um, and even if you have to do that with folks online, right? Like find people on some a site like Teachers Connect or Instagram or YouTube. Um, find people in the comment section and like uh, help them out. What the hell is going on with this dude? And why is he messing with my stuff? Hold on. This guy is being too much. And I'm trying to help people out here, bro. Um... And then we're gonna we're gonna report you also later, bro. Uh, there we go. All right. So um, that's that's one thing I would do. The other thing is have something planned outside of. Ugh, that's not a good answer. That's not a good answer at all. Um, here's my other thing. If you just keep doing crazy stuff, 
awesome stuff. You keep doing things like caring for the students deeply. You will eventually just be known as that teacher, right? So like I've done enough weird shit in school that like um, in a good way that like there was a time when I used to get yelled at for blowing bubbles in the hallway, right? And now, but not by administration, but by other teachers. And now everyone just like, oh, there's, there's tape in a child's hair. It was probably Reynolds, right? They don't like get mad at kids. There's one time I stuck a pencil in someone's hair and they didn't even know. And it was hilarious. Um, but like, I just think, just keep doing what you're doing. And, and that's my short answer for that. But like, I know, I know what you're talking about and do this. If you want to email me and ask me that question, we could talk a little bit pri more privately about the particular situation. I can share um, a bit of my stuff too. Um, next question is Ashley Harold is saying, uh, have you had a student who brings others down and what do you do about it? Um, I call them wet blankets. I would say, I don't have, I don't have that quote up here anymore. Um, there is a quote by Gregory Boyle uh, that says something to the effect of like, um, when you try and help others succeed, right? And, and help them to be the best that they can be, right? You can see, right? And so this is, if you have a kid who brings everyone down, if you try to get close to them, what will end up happening is who cares if they succeed? What you're doing is you're creating community. There's a partnership there. There is someone for them to count on. And the longer you do that, I think what we end up doing is we end up seeing the things that people do to others, not as they're not, it's, it, they are not just trying to be hurtful to be hurtful. I think that it comes from a place of pain. And I think that if you ever, let, let's say it this way, if there's a kid in your class that is the worst, right? I tweeted this the other day, I think. If you get to know their story, I guarantee that their behavior becomes understandable. It does not become condonable or acceptable. It just becomes understandable. So like when you find out that, um, I've had students in the past where like, you know, you just didn't, they were just being jerks to everyone. They were poking other kids with pencils, stealing people's stuff, stealing things from teachers' desks, stealing money from teachers. But then you find out that you're in foster care and you have zero money. And then it becomes a little bit more understandable. Kids that um, I find out are arrested because they were selling drugs or something like that. And then you find out later that like, yeah, it's because they didn't even have sneakers. They've been wearing, they have one pair of shoes. Um, that look old and, and nasty. They don't have, uh, there's no food to eat after school. They, they got to keep mooching off of their friends all the time. So they, that kind of stuff is like, it helps you to understand where kids are coming from. And that's what I would do. I would, I've in the past, even given kids detention and their detention is to eat lunch with me every day for a week, bring them lunch, bring them a snack, and then just, just talk about regular stuff. Not school stuff, right? Like if they want to talk about that, you can. But like, where do you live? What do you like? What movies do you like? What do you grow up? What's like your best memory from childhood? Regular old shit that you talk to kids about and that will build this relationship and you'll begin to understand where they come from. And then that makes it easier to deal with because they become not just this horrible human being, but like someone that's just trying to figure it out like the rest of us are too. Um, let's see what else the wife is sending me over here. Let's see, wife. Uh, I got 
Super Rock and Rosie. That's a great name. Good job, Super Rock. That's like feel like you have a good handle on like who you are. Um, would you recommend new teachers to join their teacher, local teachers unions? Uh, so I don't. I'm not a good person to ask about this. I've never been in a teachers union, um, and I've never been in a union at all. And I've almost had the opportunity, but uh, I think. Here's what and I'm not going to talk bad about teachers unions because I haven't been in one. Right. I feel like if I was part of that crew at one point and then I could have a little bit more of a say. But I will say this. A lot of folks, I think, use that idea of like um, we're in the union as a reason to not do things. And I'm not saying that for certain. Like maybe you're in the teacher union. You could be the greatest teacher of all time. Some teachers I know or I know were in the union and they were fantastic, went above and beyond. But I, what I'm saying is like anything, whether you're in teacher's union or not, that's going to give you like, that's going to give you an out is a bad move. So like this, if you want to go to the gym every day, right? And you want to be a better person, hang out with a better quality of people. And I just think that like, um, I don't know if that's a good answer either. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm stumped. Maybe somebody else has an answer for this, but I would just say, uh, I'm not for it or against it. Um, I think it depends on like, once you're a part of something, even a school, finding the best people that are involved and how are they using that system to, for good, right? So like, if you're going to join it, I would find people that are like doing a really good job as a part of that and then be a part of their crew. Um, Tracy Pinter, what's up girl? Is saying any suggestions for staff activities to do outside of school besides meeting at a bar? Cause that's always my answer, I realize. Um, my district is tackling culture and climate this year and staff morale. I, um, so as, as just a teacher, I have people over my house all the time. I think when you see somebody else's house, when you see where they live and you see them interact with their spouse, with their children, um, there's something about that that makes them a human being, right? It's like if you went to your, any of your students' houses and saw how they live, what their room looked like, what their house looked like, how they interacted with their parents, what they eat for dinner – I think it would be really informative in a good way or in a, like a, a troubling way. Um, I think that any, here's the thing, any time you spend outside of work with your colleagues makes that relationship stronger because you have something other than school to just talk about, right? And you're building bonds that are going to last longer. Do me a favor. Do you have a question for me? Can you first get under the couch, whatever the dog is barking at? Because he's making me insane. I don't know what he's looking for. And then you can do whatever you, whatever you're asking me for. You can do because I'm in the middle of something. That's the kind of answer you want as a kid, right? Uh, I think we've gone bowling. Um, we've gone got we find we find things that no one's good at, right? Like no one's good at bowling except for one dude, Hasty. Uh, but everybody else sucked, and it was just funny. Um, we went to like a uh, putting range and like just hit golf balls. I suck. I look, I'm like happy Gilmore at the beginning of the movie. Um, we've done everything from like gone to our kids parties to gone to baseball games together and stuff like that. I don't even like baseball. I love yelling though and hanging out with people. So it worked. So I just think anything someone likes, maybe let somebody pick a thing um, that they're stoked about. And then everyone goes, or just pick weird stuff. Like go to a, wrestling match or something like that that'd be awesome like monster truck show uh amanda teaches is asking how can how can i teach students to have thick skin have confidence in themselves and feel comfortable speaking in front of the whole school during rallies 
first rally my students had a panic attack. Gosh, that is tough. Um, I would do this. I would say, I would, I, I really like this idea of like being in the space ahead of time. So if you can get those kids at a rally, in the gym, in the auditorium ahead of time, have them standing on stage, have them give the speech or at least part of the speech in the microphone to like even a couple of their friends or just the other kids that are part of the group that is speaking. What that does is it puts you in the space and it makes you feel more comfortable. I tell new teachers to do this all the time. If you're terrified about teaching and it's going to be your first year, get used to being in your classroom, feel comfortable in your classroom, stand in the front and maybe just run through um, the beginning of a class. You're going to look like a lunatic because you're talking to yourself in front of an empty classroom, but it gets you in that space and gets you kind of practicing that stuff. And then I would make sure that I would align certain people in the crowd that they can look at. So whether that's you're in a certain spot in the auditorium and another teacher that they really like, and their friend is in the, you know, is in the middle. And then you guys are a little bit spread out so that when they're speaking, they have someone to look to that they can just be a in their mind, this is who I'm talking to. This person makes me feel good. And you're going to sit there and smile at them and like encourage them and tell them that they're doing a good job instead of them just looking out at this ocean of people that are potentially like on their phones or not paying attention at all. And they just don't care because what you're really afraid of in that failure um, is that you're not going to be accepted. And so if you're looking, right, so all fear of failure for everyone, I think, is this fear that you're going to fail and you're not going to receive love. You're not going to be accepted by the, by the masses or by whoever it is that you're performing in front of. Um, and when you can put people out there that are already going to like care about them, um, that are giving them that love back, I think that that's what wins that situation. Um, boy, if you're doing a great job. Uh, students bring on others. Uh, let's do real quick... Um, this is so on Teachers Connect this week, um, which is the company that I'm in partnership with here that I'm, I'm teaming up with. Um, someone named Richard asked, I am a veteran teacher and an administrator, but I really want to hear from teachers. What do you want from your administrator? So uh, that might be interesting if anybody else wants to just put in the in the comments. What do you want from your administrator? Um, I I mostly want someone that is going to give me the autonomy to do what I want to do. That's someone that's going to treat me like I'm a professional. So my, uh, we had a new principal last year. And so he was, and I can't speak to that because he's new and he's trying to figure it out. And like, you know, I think you do the best that you can. It's your first year. I wouldn't look at myself as a first year teacher and think like good or bad. You're just doing it. Um, but my, I, my teacher, the principal I had before that, that I loved was uh, he was like the kind of guy that like, if you wanted to have a DJ come in and spin records, backed it. A street artist come in and teach the kids about graffiti, backed it. If you wanted to spend money to go on a trip to downtown Philadelphia to go look at graffiti with a graffiti artist and then do graffiti on t-shirts in an alleyway somewhere, a hundred percent backed it. Um, wanted to, teach a different book because you wanted to confront rape culture or um, cultural bias in, in America back. Like nothing was off the table, no conversation, no book because he treated the teachers like they were professionals. And I think that for me, 
that is the thing I want the most because then that makes your job fun. It makes like someone's not micromanaging you. They're not looking at why you're doing what you're doing. They're just saying, doing good work, keep going and keep doing it. And then that inspires you to try crazy fun stuff and the love coming to school every day. Uh, Audi 93 is saying, I think that's Audi, Audi 93. I was hired to help our students become better writers. But then I was told to solely focus on summary writing. Do, do I manage doing what I know is best for the students without stepping on toes? Oh, so here's my, let's, let's, let's say this. I would not tell you to straight out because I don't, I don't know you and I don't know your school and I don't know your admin. Maybe they're smart. Maybe I don't, I don't know any better. Maybe they know you better than you know yourself. I have no idea. Um, I would say this though, I am always for what is best for the students. I have done any number of things that the school said go this way and I went this way. And it's just because I felt like I knew the students better. Now, I, when I do this, I tell the admin or I tell my curriculum, my head of curriculum, so um, what, my, what my plan is, like, no, I'm gonna do, I'm doing this because this is a better move. Uh, but I, you have to be a hundred percent convinced that what you're going to do is going to work, right? You don't want to like tell everyone to go left when you're supposed to go right. And then you, you screw everything up because then you can get yourself in trouble. But there's, you know, and oftentimes you can weave other things in, right? So even for teachers that have scripted lesson plans in their school, I still think there's movement in there to do something else, to try something else, to fit something else in. It's just a matter of becoming creative with what you're doing. So have your students do summary writing, but then maybe like every Friday or every Wednesday, Tuesday's supposed to be the most productive day of the week. So maybe every Tuesday you do like a different writing assignment that you think is a good idea. They hand it in, you give really good notes back, and then you can hand that back to them later or, and then they work on it next Tuesday or something like that. So you're actually getting, you're giving yourself the time to really put in um, the post work on that assignment. So, you know, I just think um, I'm always about what this, what's best for the students, but don't just take what you're given. Do not just listen to an administrator because they told you to do something. Just be willing to have the conversation, but the conversation can't look like always you putting your foot down. I think it comes to down to like, Here's what I'm seeing in my class. And this is how I think we should move forward um, and see what they say back. If they say, nope, we want you to do this. Well, I'm just interested in why. Like, why is that a good idea? Because I, you know, maybe you know something that I don't. Um, and I'm willing to listen fully and not just think about what I want to say next. I'm willing to truly listen. And what that does is it creates a communication. You you often in life, right here, here you go. In life, people treat you the way you teach you teach them to treat you. Um, so letting that, those folks know that like, this is how, um, we're going to be communicating going forward, I think is just a good move and they will respect you for it. Um, Alex Raythert, uh, is saying, I loved your toxic teacher video. Um, you motivate students all day. What are some of your techniques to help to melt, to motivate fellow teachers? I do. I think the weirder, the better. Right. Sometimes I say crazy stuff to my students when I come into the classroom um, because I don't want them to I don't want it to be a regular. Hey, guys, or 
glad you're here today. Or, all right, class, get let's get quiet. You, if you do something weird, um, it helps. So, like, play a weird song or um, start singing or whatever it is, right? Like, we have singing day in my class. We have to sing everything you say. Um, but I think um, I've printed out a bunch of pictures of myself before. I just go around to classrooms and I replace people's family pictures with a picture of me. Um, it's fun to see how long it takes them to notice that. Uh, I've done things like gotten flowers for people. I've brought in coffee for people. Um, if it's someone's birthday, I will have my whole class make birthday cards for that teacher. This also works on teacher appreciation week, have every teacher on the board, right? Like make a PowerPoint or something. And with every class that you have, you have to, kids have to like put a sticker on their names so you can make sure every teacher is, is handled an equal number of times. But like the kids are writing thank you letters to those teachers. Um, you do stuff like uh, have, like I would like decorate, I've decorated people's doors out of nowhere or like done weird stuff like that. Or, um, and what that, what all those little things do is it's just a little tiny note. Maybe it's like a candy, their favorite candy bar that you know that they like and a quick little card that says, hey, I really appreciate you because we know that this job is so thankless that there's not a lot of appreciation. So we have to have a week so that we make sure that we do appreciate people. Um, and I think just doing those little tiny things uh, helps. I heard someone recently say that little tiny, like it's not you doing just great stuff on your significant other's birthday and on Valentine's day that, that makes them love you all the time. Right. It's all the little things. It's you remembering to do the dishes. It's you remembering to take out the trash. It's you, um, sleeping with the air conditioning a little bit lower, even though you're freezing as cold, but it's like for them, you do this. And I just think that like finding those little things to do really, really helps motivation in the classroom. Um, or like helps like uh, teachers that you like um, continuing to want to be there. <clears throat> uh, Jacob Compton is saying, got a last minute teaching job in English to juniors and seniors. I'm straight out of school and have limited experience with high schoolers. I need advice. I'm expecting some low motivation seniors. First of all, Jacob, you were just a senior like four years ago. You have tons of experience with these kids, man. Um, so, and I don't say that in a way to like, uh, sort of like, I don't know, like bring you down, but like to empower you, right? Like remember what it was like to be a senior. Um, remember what it was like to be a junior. Seniors act like they don't care, but that's because they think they know everything. Hit them with some stuff that they don't know or teach through a lens that they love. So if you find out that your senior class loves Marvel comic books, you better become a, uh, an aficionado on Marvel comic books. Watch every movie, start reading comic books. You can just get those compilation where it's like every like Spider-Man comic book um, in a row or just go on Wikipedia. That's what I do and read about a whole bunch of crap because it's short and concise and I'll have to read, you know, 2000 Wolverine comics. Um, start getting excited about that. Like not – not just bringing in who you are to the class, but finding out what they like and then teaching Sophocles through the lens of J. Cole, right? Or, you know, if everyone likes classic rock, like maybe you're teaching um, Macbeth 
through the lens somehow. I don't know how you do this. Like, of or or you're teaching. Like, I'm thinking of like, um, like I don't I don't know. Like, you can compare like Lord of the Rings and Led Zeppelin. Those guys loved each other. Uh, or Led Zeppelin loved Lord of the Rings anyway. But um, I just think that's how you do it. You get excited. Get you get excited about the fact that you're going to teach these kids in a way that they've never seen it before, because it's not so much about you trying to be cool. It's about trying to teach those kids through things that they really love already. And then plan a bunch of trips, see what's free. Like I just found out the other day, I got a new iPhone. Um, the, I, the Apple store has trips. You can go there and like learn how to use logic and make beats. You can um, learn how to edit movies and stuff like that. It seems awesome. So I'm hundred percent doing that, but there's gotta be free trips all over the place that are going to buy. They're going to buy you points so that the kids know that you're trying to be relevant. You're trying to do something that's cool for them, not just to make you be cool. Uh, Levine. Oh gosh. Con. Hungura. Levine Hungura. Hungura. I think I'm pretty close there. Uh, let me know. Um, hi, how do you approach grading and keeping students up to date with their grades? Do you take your work home? Uh, that's a great question. It's another video I should make. Um, I think I, my grades are up to date almost completely every Friday, right? So, uh, but the way that I do that is sometimes I just grade work for completion. And now look, there's a lot of people that have a problem with this because you're thinking like, the kids need to see the work. They need to um, answer things back. There needs to be like, um, we're not, like, we can't just like, what if you didn't do it, do your all? What if you cheated? Like, don't I want to catch you or something like that? Nope. Because guess what? Kids that cheat aren't going to win anyway. Like you're not going to win the lottery of life if you, if you cheat. Um, I give points for every week, participation points, 20 points a week. I get four points a day, right? So, uh, that, and that is your, you're doing the work, you're answering questions and participating in, and all that stuff. And if you're fooling around, I can take points off. If you're late, you lose a point to my class. Um, so that's something that I do. Every Monday I have vocab words and there's like either cards that go with that or there's a worksheet that goes with that or there's some kind of like organizational piece to that. And then that's another grade. And th these are grades that can go in immediately at the end of the day. You're walking around with your phone, your iPad, we use uh Power School, which is an online uh, grade book. I could plug that stuff right in as I'm walking around checking them. So it's not something I'm collecting and ever putting in later. It's going in in real time. And then participation grades go in at the end of the week. So I I try to keep up with it. Here's the other thing I'm going to tell you. Man, this is, this is going to get me in trouble with some teachers. One, a great thing for participation. Other thing, sometimes you just throw something away, man. And I know that people don't like that answer either. But when you have this much work and it's going to take you three weeks to get it back, handing things back late, like more than a couple of days, does not generally benefit the students. They forgot about that assignment. All they're looking for is the grade at the top. So I want to grade something quick. I want to have it back fast. And then I want them to do the corrections. I'm not just giving you something back and it's done. I want you to correct it. I want you to fix it. I want you to make it better because life is all about revisions, right? It's always about what what did I do? What was the effect that, or what was my outcome? And then how can I one up my outcome? And that's what you want to do. Um, so that's that's how I do it. And I just make I build time into the day to do it. I never bring I I won't say never. 
I very seldom bring work home uh, because home time is family time. So I have to figure out a way to do it. I have a sign hanging on the front of my desk says something to the effect of like, I'm grading your work and I'm not that good at math. And so kids see that and they're like, all right, I will leave you alone right now. Or put a guard in your desk. I always say, my man, Joe sits in front of my desk all the time. And I go, bro, when kids come in, make believe I'm plugged into the matrix because I need to get this stuff done. And Joe will write down the kids' names and their questions, and I'll get back to those kids later. And it gives Joe something to do. Everyone always thinks it's hilarious, so I never get, like, pushback from it or anything. Um, but in terms of, like, let me say this one more thing about throwing things away. Kids are learning um, whether or not you keep all of their work. And so sometimes, like, you just get backed up, right? Things happen. A parent comes in for a conference. You had to end up tutoring a student and working with them closely. And every once in a while, not something big, not something super meaningful, but if it's like a four-point assignment, you can just chuck that thing in the trash. Um, and that's what I do sometimes because it just help, it helps you to, to not get stressed and beat yourself up about what you're doing. Um, and, and yeah, or have kids grade each other's stuff, like have peer-reviewed things. I think that helps a lot too. Uh, let's see. Um that's a great question, though. Thank you very much, Levine. Uh, the barista teacher, what's up, girl, is saying, what's the, or actually, I don't know if that's, I can't remember if that's a girl. I apologize. What's up, barista teacher? Uh, I just recognize that name. What's the best way to keep up with things if you don't have a room as a teacher? Yo, I would love this challenge. Let me say this challenge. I would say, one, you need a spot in the room, right? Even if you have a corner. And if someone gave me a corner of the room, I would have the greatest corner of a room ever. It wouldn't make the person who, who was in charge of the whole room sorry that they didn't have me in charge of the whole room. Um, so, like, have a little spot. I once had a closet. This is, this is a real story. I had a closet in a room. I removed all the crap that was in this closet, and I built a countertop in there. I had shelves. I had lights. I had custom, um, like, dividers in there and stuff. And it looked tight. And when I opened it up, it was like a site, like it was like Ryan from the office, but on steroids. Um, and it was awesome. And I think if I didn't even have that space, I would get a cart and I would have the dopest teacher cart of all time. It would have music. It would have lights. It would have like pencil sharpeners on it and everything you could ever need. Um, I would be like the, the airline, they don't call them stewardesses anymore. I forget what they call them. Airline drink giver outer of, uh, of the high school. So that's what I would do. You need some space to keep your stuff organized. Uh, and then I look on Pinterest for everything is people on Pinterest just know what they're doing all the time. Um, oh, so you have a, so barista. Okay. Thanks wife for making that note. Um, a cart or just a backpack. I would rock a cart. I'd rock a cart in a heartbeat and just make it super cool. Like you could get, and I wouldn't even, you don't even have to go to like Lakeshore, go to like Harbor Freight or go to Home Depot and find like a cool cart that like mechanics keep their tools on. So you could have like, like different like trays for different grade levels. Um, I label everything. Like, so all of my drawers in my, in my school are completely labeled or everything's outlined. So you know where the scissors go, you know where the ruler goes. And then you can have kids help you put stuff back and they know exactly where it is. So that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, Uh-oh, my wife's cell reception is ending. Let me make sure that uh, I'm not missing. All right, let me look on here. Okay, wife. Flight attendant. Thank you, Rebecca and Ted. Uh, I forgot. 
Dream Giver Outer. Yeah, no, I can't remember their name. Um, let's see. Here, let me, let me say this while I'm looking for another question. And I see one. I'm going to answer your question in one second, Sandy. Um, I think that if you look at any challenge you're given in school, you got the shitty room with no windows in the basement of the school. You got, you're on a cart. You don't have, you share a room with like the worst people in the world that like their room looks like a mental institution from the 1800s where it's just like white walls and looks like, you know, they're about to put padding up or something like that. Um, I, there's something about just deciding that it's a challenge and just making it the greatest possible. So like what I want to do when one year they gave me, there's another story. I got the tiniest room in the school. Like there was a room that was this big. They told me they were going to cut it in half and the room was going to be my room. My side would be this side. Dope. Cause I was in the basement. I had no lights. That was another true story. Um, but when they divided it, I walked in the school that year and I got this much room. No kidding. The other guy, Randy Rebuy, jerk, kept this room. I got this room. They didn't even give me a light switch. The other guy's light was motion censored. So if I was in my room and he was off that period, the light would suddenly go off in my classroom. It was like slightly, it was hilarious because it was so absurd. The room was so small, I could only have three to four desks going back at a time before I got to the end. And you know what I did? I made my room the greatest room ever. I took the light bulbs out of the ceiling so that I didn't have to worry about the lights going off anymore. I hung my own lights up. Um, I decorated it. I, that's when I started doing uh, chalkboard paint on my walls. I made my giant hand on a stick that you've seen maybe in my videos before where like I didn't have to walk down these awkwardly small rows or because um, what you don't want to have to do is like, Sometimes when you're collecting tests, you want to collect them individually and not have kids pass them up because it interrupts the other kids that are testing. And so I made this hand on stick so I could just collect things and I didn't have to walk down the aisle and like interfere with people's stuff. And it just made my room the best. What I wanted was the Mr. Miyagi effect. If you ever watched the first Karate Kid and you look where Mr. Miyagi lives, he's like in the back of a junkyard, there's oil fields around, his house doesn't look particularly attractive. But when you walk in that backyard, it is tight and it makes you like, oh shit, I didn't expect this when I walked in. That's what I always want my room. Even if I had a corner, even if I only had a desk, even if I had a closet, even if I had one wall, it is going to be the best ever. And I just think that that's a really fun way to look at it and go, all right, what are we doing this year with this kind of weird spot that I got? Sandy H is saying, do you know any traveling teachers who don't have a room or just go to available rooms to teach class? Any organization tips? Um, there are too many steps for a cart. I would say, uh, talk to the teacher and see if you can keep a desk in the room. See if you can have like, uh, maybe you have like one, like get a cheap, like Billy bookshelf from Ikea and you just have like one thing or like something with doors on it. And then even that I'd have motion lights rigged up in that thing, you know, on Amazon, um, their batteries censored. That's all my lockers in my room. I have little lockers to keep stuff in when you open them up, the motion sensor comes on and you have light in there and you don't need electricity. So that's what I would do is like maybe like one of those giant metal cabinets um, or go on Craigslist. You can always find shelves or carts on there and just have one little section of the room carved out that's just for you. And, and you can leave as much stuff as you can in there so that you're not toting everything around all the time. Uh, let's see. Kate, you're doing a great job because I don't know who this dude is, but like, uh, he's doing, he's doing a number on us tonight. 
and I can't even pay attention. So, you know, bro, there's better ways to get attention. I'm sure you are a lovely person and I'm sorry that you're feeling like you have to put all this nonsense on here all the time. Um, but you know, best to you. Uh, let's see. Rebecca Waltz is asking, I realize I'm over. I'm going to finish in like the next few questions or something. And if I don't look, if I ever don't get to your question, I know people get pissed off and I apologize for that. And I'm sorry. I just can't get to all of them. Please just shoot me an email at realrapwiththereynolds at gmail.com and I'll answer any question that comes through. Um, Rebecca Waltz is asking, do you have any tips for teacher paperwork? I switched from private to public and I'm getting overwhelmed by what admin wants. I want to focus on art class and not paperwork. Yo, I hear you, Rebecca. That's a really good question. I So here's the thing. The thing is you're new, so it's going to be more difficult. I decide that I'm not doing stuff sometimes. I don't answer emails um, all the time in school. Like I just don't get back to people. Or what I'd rather do, I, I literally walk around my computer, see who emailed me. I go have the conversation because we know that not every email is just, you don't just answer them back and it's done. They're going to email you back another question, but they want you to clarify something or they forgot something. And so they want you to come back and answer them again. So I either email people and my whole emails in the subject line so that I can keep it short and sweet. Um, and, and there's no, it eliminates the clicking factor. Like it's like, there's Reynolds's question. I don't have to open his email or I go to that person and just have the conversation or say like, I'll say like, Hey, I'd love to talk to you about this. Can you just come down to my room or can we meet up later and just have the conversation for five minutes instead of like sitting here emailing nonstop. Um, other than that, I would say uh, talk to the people that are sending you things that are feeling that feels overwhelming and say like, hey, what's a good system we can come up for this? I'm feeling overwhelmed and I want to do the best job I can. I want to, to help you with and get you whatever information you need. But like, could we agree that like on Mondays I get this information to you. So like if you're not, if you're asking me for stuff all week, it's just not really going to work. But on Mondays I can have a hundred percent committed that everything's being handed in. Um, and then do that with different folks or let people know that maybe what they're asking for, like, isn't doable. Like, like sometimes like special ed paperwork can be so overwhelming that just go to the head of your special ed department and say, look, I'm feeling super overwhelmed but I want to do a great job. Can you help me come up with a, with a way to do this? And look, sometimes you're going to go to people and they're going to be jerks and they're going to be like, wow, it's your job. How come you can't figure out how to, you're supposed to be a profession. You want to be a teacher. You're going to have to learn how to do this. Hell with those people. Just don't ever go back to them again and find nice people that are going to be like, dude, it is overwhelming. I've been here for 10 years. I know how to do it. Sit down with me. I'm going to walk you right through it. So um, that's what I would do. And then the, the last thing is what I just sort of mentioned was, Find people that are dominating in your school, that are not so stressed out. Find out what their tips and tricks are, their secrets. And because everybody, teachers love sharing their ideas, right? Um, so just go find those folks and see what they're doing and, and ask them in your school. They'll, they'll know the best way to handle that. Uh, or Richard Royster is asking you a question because he's a principal and that guy seems awesome. He's in Kentucky. Uh, that's my Kentucky accent, by the way. Um, so Leo Elliott is saying, I'm changing my name this year and I emailed my teacher, but I'm afraid my classmates will make fun of me. What should I do to make, 
should this doesn't happen. Leo, let's talk about this. Let's talk about one, who gives a shit what everybody else thinks, right? And that's easier said than done, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's still worth saying. Two, um, I think you surround yourself with the best people that are going to accept you and then just make sure that they are, they know that what you're going through so that they can kind of like, they, you will just decide, d- decide to make that your, those your surroundings. And then I would say this, if you do nice things for other people, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that I'm so much into karma, but I just know that like, it makes you feel good when you do good stuff for other people. So going and feeling nervous because you're worried about what other people are going to do to you, go in and have like with knowing empowered that you can do stuff for other people. Cause guess what, Leo, somebody else in your school is going to have the worst year this year. They already know they get picked on because they're fat or they have one eye or they have they're cross-eyed or they, no one likes them or they come from the wrong part of town or, you know, they're just weird and they don't know how to interact with people socially. Go find that kid and help them to have a good day. And that will hundred percent impact how you feel about your life in general. And then you're not waiting for what everyone else is going to say or do. You're just like going in there like, a, like, a, sorry, I almost cursed really bad. I'm getting heated about this. Um, because you're a boss and you're going to handle shit and treat people in a way that's going to make your whole school better. And then they're going to go, damn, that guy's kind of amazing. Like he even changes his name. Like that guy gives zero shits. Look, he just helped like that kid that like no one ever talks to and not to belittle them, not to make um, like not in some kind of weird way, but like just to be a good person, I think is a really great idea. Um, so Good luck to you, man. It's, uh, I think that's a cool idea to, and my mom would have killed me, but um, I got my wife to change her name. Um, that was such a dumb ending to that that rant. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, I'm just going to keep going. Um, I know we're long this week, but like I see a lot of questions on here. How do you learn to study? Hannah Peterson is asking. Um, I think here's the thing, Hannah. Everybody learns differently. What you need to do is find a teacher that knows, that can identify the type of learner that you are. So I think there's there are websites and there are programs online that you can find out what kind of learner you are. And then that is going to, in turn, help you. So I know for myself, like, I do uh, note cards a lot. And so when I was in school, I would read the front. Like, I would have, like, so say vocab, right? For me, word on the front, definition on the back helps me remember. There's something about that that helps me organize that in my brain. Um, writing very clear notes helps my brain process what's going on. Uh, doing helps me more than hearing. If someone just tells me how to do something, I can never do it. That's why YouTube's the greatest. Because last week when my toilet broke, um, if someone told me what to go into the back of the tank and how to pull out the parts and what to put back in and how to do it, Dude, I'm friggin', I'm gonna listen to three words you say and have no idea what the hell happened after that. But if I can go on YouTube and find someone that's gonna walk me through step by step and they're doing it and I'm doing it, then I can learn, right? Um, there's an old saying that says, I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand. So find that teacher this year that's gonna help you figure out what type of learner you are, and then they will be able to best direct you on how to study. Uh Kate saying special ed paperwork is a lot. It is. Um, and I love special ed kids, but like that paperwork, <clears throat> it seems like it's more like for the law than it is about actually teaching kids, which go figure. 
Um, so multi sooner one is saying, I'm trying to get a job as a special ed teacher. Any tips beforehand? Um, any help would be appreciated. Keep up the good work. Let me say this. Go ahead and uh, email me because I'm going to hook you up with somebody that knows special ed uh, really well. And so email me at realrapwithbellreynolds at gmail.com. You can see it'll be in the comments. It's in the comment or the show notes description box of all of my videos is my email address. Shoot me an email and I'm going to hook you up. Because um, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I know the person that knows. Uh, or look, somebody else is on here trying to help out, I think, too. Uh, let's see. Trying to find questions. Uh, great tips this week. Um, sorry, I'm really trying to help here, but I'm trying to find, I'm looking for questions. Uh, Jade is saying, first live show, what's one of your goals this year for self-improvement or... If you have more than one, what are they? Self-improvement this year. So I am intentionally caring a lot for myself this year. I don't do self-care feels like a luxury for me. So I generally give all my time up to my students. I give all my time up to my kids. Um, I spend um, a lot of time with other people and I know for me, going on retreat four times a year where I'm by myself overnight somewhere is best for me. I know that waking up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning, meditating um, slash praying, that's a whole nother story, uh, and going to the gym and doing something is what's best for me. I know that if my state of mind is good, my, my teaching practice, my ability to parent, to be a good husband, to be a good friend, even to be a good dog owner um, – is better. So for me this year, it's about how can I, and I, I'm under no illusion that like my life is going to be magical all the time, but the better state I can put my mind in, the better human being I am. So this year, there's a real focus on like, how can I possibly be in the best state that I can be in so that I can crush it at school? Because you know, when you go into school and you feel like in a shitty mood or you had a bad night's sleep or you feel bad about yourself, or you don't like your outfit that day or whatever, and someone goes, hey, there's going to be a fire drill during fifth period. You're like, God, wow, fire drill during fifth period? It's ridiculous. How can they do this to me? When I'm in a good mood, I just like have a great time. I can have a really fun time at a fire drill, man. And you're like teasing kids and like making jokes and like trying to make everyone's experience a little bit more pleasant while you're standing in the rain in the corner in West Philadelphia. Um so I just think uh, that's that's my goal this year is to like really give a lot to myself as much as I can. Um, I'm even going for a massage on Tuesday. Uh, mul- oh, did I already ask that one? This just came in through my wife. Uh, let's do this one. Alex Rather, maybe I read this one too. I don't know. I'm going to answer it anyway. Um, what advice would you give teachers who have young kids? How do you balance work with family? So Alex, I would say this, that's a great question. So like I have, my son just turned 11 and Marley will be nine in September. And so sometimes I have a bad day at school and I come home and I'm not nice. I'm like get mad at dinner because Brody's talking too loud or Marley won't sit down because she stands up and she eats all the time. And we do this thing all the time. She looks like a Muppet. Um, So 
But if I have a good day, I come home, I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Look, you look like a Muppet. And if I'm not, I'm like, could you please sit down? I'm tired of telling you. If I have to tell you again, right? I become that dad. So I think um, the best way to, gosh, I think for me, the best way to do that is, and look, I don't know what your level of spirituality is or woo-woo-ness. Mine's pretty high. But uh, I go home and I stop, I stop listening to music on the way home. I listen to podcasts or audiobooks that put my mind in a good place, right? Something that's going to like, kind of like um, lift me up or make me feel like, think about my situation differently. Um, if I do listen to music, I try to be very, I can't listen to like, you know, when doves cry on the way home, even though it's a great jam, because it doesn't put me in the right spot. I have to listen to like the right kind of music so it's, I'm feeling better when I get home. I do stuff like before I walk through doors, right? In general, I pray. I go, I really, you know, I say whatever I want to pray about or however I pray. But the, the thing I pray about is like, I want to be a really great dad tonight. I want to be the best husband. And if I can keep saying that to myself, like when I walk through my home door, when I get into my car, when I walk into school, when I walk into my classroom, that's a lot of praying during the day and just that sense of praying. And if you're not into praying, like just saying that, like, all right, let's check ourselves. And remember, we're just going to crush it. Some kid in here is having a shitty day. I'm going to make it the best. My kids deserve the best from me, right? They are like, because, and they won the lottery. Like I, they got a dad that really loves them, really cares about them, wants them to have a great night. And so I have to remind myself of that. Um, and so that's something I do and then do nice stuff for yourself, like pick up a bottle of wine on the way home from, from work, like, or take an early shower or just come home, put your pajama pants on or your cozies as my friend Fasella says, and, uh, just like chill with your kids that night, like give yourself the break, order dinner out. Like don't watch, don't do homework that night with your kids. Like make it easy on yourself. Sometimes just makes you it makes you look like a golden parent also because your kids like yeah we're eating chicken fingers and watching movies all night or my son makes me watch these stick bot videos called off the grid which are a little bit weird but that's what we've been watching because he likes it uh the other question i had on my phone was multi sooner one is saying do you still have uh the co-teacher that you had last year i follow her on instagram and i think she would be a great teacher she is a wonderful teacher um she's a wonderful person and I do. I don't co-teach with her anymore. She's the head of our special ed department, um, but she's a really great, like, this sounds so toolish to say, but she's a great resource, um, but she just knows her stuff really well. And she's one of the people that I'm really glad that she like even exists in my building because it makes, it makes my school a better place that she exists there. Uh, let's see. Um, I see all these questions. I'm really trying to get to them. Rebecca Waltz is asking, um, is it difficult to manage a YouTube channel and social media presence and teach as well? I'm thinking of starting a channel for my art teachers. It is the way that I choose to do it. I try and get back to most of my comments. I try and email, I email back everyone that emails me. Editing takes a very long time. Um, so I don't say that to dissuade you, but my YouTube can be a part-time job some weeks and feel like a full-time job other weeks, depending on my level of involvement with it. What's up, buddy? Brody's here. Am I almost done? Yeah. You're hungry? Well, you know, now I'm almost done because you're hungry and I'm on the air with people from all over the world. I can't seem like a bad dad. I care about you. I care about you and your well-being and your health. Let's see. Where are you? Bam. There's my buddy. 
I will tell people to check out your YouTube channel, Reynolds Gaming. Check, also, check, check out Bentley too. All right, that's not a real channel. I'll be with you. Give me five minutes. Let me answer this question. Snap, I lost it. Uh, so that's my short answer for that, Rebecca. Amanda Teaches is asking, best team building activities to do in class to build community in your classroom? Um, I I like – I don't – I don't do team building stuff. I do. Um, I say good stuff about kids to other kids. Like, yo, like kids are talking about, I don't know. When I go back to school, they'll be talking about I don't know, some movie. There's Brody and Grayson's over there somewhere. Um, you can have the phone. Yes, go ahead. So you, uh, I would say, right, let me finish up. Oh, we are going to play Fortnite. Um, so we are... I think um, individually matching kids up, putting kids in the right groups, building, I think, honestly, building, helping kids walk through the steps of what it looks like to build a relationship, for me, works better than like a game or something like that. Uh, but if you have someone that is flies under the radar, someone that is not a strong presence in class, maybe do something in class that they're really good at, like they're really good at drawing so make one of your activities like a Pictionary thing or you're creating a poster or some kind of piece of art, something with an art component as a part of the class. Maybe if someone's really good at writing rhymes, you have them write like a poem or a rhyme as part of a project. So what you're doing is finding things out about kids that they excel at and then spotlighting those things and then the rest will work itself out. Um, let's see. Let me do a couple more because my son's starving to death apparently. Um, we were out all day at this Lego place. Uh, what do you do over the summer? I work YouTube stuff all summer, hustling, hustling, hustling. Um, and I love it. I really like, I like work. So I don't, I don't, I don't do well with time off. I get very, very bored. Um, and it like, it depresses me if I have too much time off. I like to be busy. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any that I missed. And then I'm going to dip out of here. What is one thing that you do? This is Wendy Swanson. What is one thing that you do during your first year of school that you discover was a waste of your time and effort? Uh, gosh. I think that's a good one to end with, I guess. But what is something that was a waste of my time my first year teaching? Um, I, I don't Maybe part of you wants to say lesson plans, but it's not. Lesson plans are super useful and you have to be able to do them so that you can know what you're doing. At this point, I don't have to do lesson plans anymore, nor do I really feel the need to do them. I can just write lists and outline everything and I don't have to go into detail because I, I know all the standards off the top of my head and stuff. Um, I think if, if I could change that question a little bit, here's what I would do. I would have gone a little bit crazier my first year in terms of I would have, if I thought, Oh, that would be a good idea. I wouldn't then want, because your next thought is often like, yeah, but I'm going to get in trouble or like the principal's not going to like that. Or the parents aren't going to like that. How do you know? You don't know what they're going to like. So try it. And if you get in trouble, just say, sorry. And I'm not talking about like putting your kids lives in danger, doing something insane, but like, if you want to turn your room into like an art exhibit, if you want to create like, build a stage, which I actually did one time. Um, I had kids that had a lumber delivery to my school and we built a stage. It was, that's a whole nother long, crazy story, but we built a stage and then 
we performed on the stage all year. It made every time someone got to read in front of the class fun because you got up. We had lights hanging from the ceiling. You stood on the stage and it made it super fun because you were there. And like we just kept decorating and painting the stage differently. It was on wheels so we could move it around the classroom and read like move the like move this the classroom around every once in a while. I would do more of that. I would do more crazy, crazy stuff. Um, because it's just going to make it more fun for you. And when you're having fun, the kids have more fun. It's kind of like when you go to a concert and the, whoever's singing, if they don't look like they're having a good time, it makes your class suck. It makes the concert suck. But if someone looks like they're up there, they're smiling it, they're, they're giving it, they're all, they're loving this job. It makes everybody else around them, um, go like, damn, this is awesome. That's what makes the space awesome. And you don't have to be an administrator to do it. You can just be, just be a teacher. You can be a teacher. You can be in first year and just change kind of the, the whole chemistry of the grade level that you're teaching because you're stoked to be there. And it's not just because you're a first year teacher and you don't know better, which is what people always try and tell you like, Oh, well, you're in the game a while. Hell with that, man. If you're in the game a while and you don't even like the job anymore, just leave. Um, you're going in to change the world and you're going to do that with the energy that you bring to the job. So just do those things that you just dream about doing that you think are fun. Um, guys, thanks so much for joining in. We've been at this an hour and a half. My son's starving, so I'm going to go feed him. Um, listen, anyone that that I did not get to your question, please shoot me an email. Reynolds at gmail.com. Takes me a little while to get back to all of them sometimes because um, I make little videos for everyone that I send them back to. Because uh, I don't like typing. Um, and next week, this will be hopefully slightly more efficient because my wife will be here and uh, she will be able to help me again because I clearly am inept at being able to do more than one thing at a time. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.